Hey, this is Stu Block with Iced Earth, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Yo, what's up? This is Frank Bello from Anthrax, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up! Hi, this is Andy from the band Starfeed, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Oh! episode 144 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John. Iron City Rocks podcast is coming to you from Pittsburgh, PA, bringing you the best hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk around. At this time, we've got two special guests we have from the band Iced Earth. The new singer, Stu Block, will be joining us. Iced Earth is coming to Pittsburgh on the 15th of March. We're going to be playing the Altar Bar, so we'll get into that interview in just a moment. We also have from the band Starseed, a new band uh, who are from South Africa, uh, actually now based out of London, England. Uh, So we have them on the show as well. So without further ado, we'll get into the interview with Stu from Iced Earth. But before we do that, I want to tell you, if you head over to ironcityrocks.com, click the link to Facebook or go to facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Look on the left-hand side. There's a uh, entry form to win a pair of tickets to see Ice Earth. Actually, two pair of tickets we'll be giving away to see Ice Earth at Altar Bar with special guest Warbringer and the Iron City Rocks uh, 2011 Music Award winners, Sacred Dominion, who really cleaned up in uh, many, many categories. Best metal band, best vocalist, best drummer, best bassist, etc., etc. So three bands that are really going to knock your socks off. Uh, you can see them on us. So head over to Facebook forward slash Iron City Rocks to enter. So without further ado, we're going to play a little bit of the title track of Ice Earth's latest album. This is Dystopia. Talk to Steve. Stu, how are you doing, Stu? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking. How are you guys doing? Doing really well. We're getting ready to see you come into our first city of Pittsburgh. It's been a little while since uh, Ice Earth has made it uh, here, and this is going to be your first trip in with Ice Earth. Um, Can you just give us a little background on how you came to be in the band? You were in the band Into Eternity, a slightly different style. Yeah, I was in Into Eternity, and uh, we had toured with Ice Earth in 2008. Um, I talked to John a couple of times, but nothing, you know, we, you know, it was just sort of we had just talked a couple of times, not even about anything serious, just uh, you know, how you doing kind of thing. It was yeah. just kind of just getting to know each other, 
And then um, we finished that tour, and uh, Into Eternity was taking a hiatus because there were some things going on. And uh, um, I had uh, I had put a thing on my Facebook page saying I'm just looking for some freelance work. You know, I want to keep working and doing some stuff. So um, I was doing a few things, and then uh, I was at work one day, and I got a call from a Century Media representative uh, saying that uh, Ice Dirt was looking for a touring singer. Um, and uh, they wanted me to get in contact with John, and I got his phone number. And or later on that night, I got home from work, and I, uh, you know, did my thing, and I picked up the the phone and made the fateful phone call, and uh, talked to John, and we really hit it off. We had a great conversation, and uh, he really expressed to me that he wasn't just looking for someone just to sing. He wanted a writing partner too, and mm-hmm. he wanted someone that could contribute lyrics and melodies and all that kind of stuff. So I said, "Hey, man, well, give me a, give me a shot. Well, you know, let's see what's going on." And he had sent me out. Of, I mean, he wanted to hear how I sang some of the older stuff. So I sang uh, some older songs, and then I wrote to a couple of new ones, and I sent it to him, and uh, he was interested. And so basically, he said, uh, "Well, listen, I want to get you behind the, uh, you know, a really good microphone, and uh, get you." You know, into a real, you know, a better studio mm-hmm. and see see how things go there. So he flew me out to Indiana, and um, we man, it was great. The chemistry was awesome. I I re-recorded a couple old ones. We recorded some new ones, and uh, basically, I spent a couple of days there. And two days later, he had basically said to me, "You know what, man? I think I think you're my guy, and and if you want the gig, if you want the gig, you're, it's yours." So I of course uh, of course took it. You know, Jumped so. Yeah. We had a, a listener. We uh, kind of solicited some questions from some fans, and I think uh, the, Adam uh, sent in a question. He said that you know, Ice Earth being kind of what's considered a power metal band with with very um, you know the operatic vocals of you know the Bruce Dickinsons and things like that. Um, do you find that limiting with your vocalist, or do you miss doing some of the harshness? Now I know there's a little on that new album. Um, did you have mm-hmm. to kind of change your style much? Sure. I mean, uh, there was a different style of vocal I was using, and uh, I was always um, a Matt Barlow fan, so I, I sort of knew what they wanted in that mm-hmm. respect, and I knew they wanted the sort of, uh, you know, the Rob Halford highs and stuff, and the high falsetto stuff, so I knew I could do that, but yeah, I mean, I had to adapt my voice uh, a little differently, but it was a great challenge. Uh, it was a really great challenge for me, and I discovered a new spot in my voice that I really didn't know that I had, and, and now I'm just, every day, I'm just nurturing that and yeah. uh, and learning how to utilize it even better. Yeah, you hear guitarists kind of having to woodshed when they get a new gig. I never, you never really think of a singer having to go back and kind of hone in their chops. So that's great to hear. Um, yeah. Now you were involved uh, pretty heavily with the writing of the new record. Um, do you guys consider it? Is it more of a theme, dystopia, or, or do you consider it somewhat of a concept album? It's more of a theme, I'd say, because of the fact that yeah, there are some. There's there's a, there's a few songs that have a dystopian. Um, that have dystopian themes to it, but then there's a few other songs that don't, and uh, that just deal with everyday things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like Anguish of Youth deals with the girl that she was, you know, was considering to, to to take her life, and and uh, she doesn't, you know, and uh, you know, realizes it'll hurt people around her. And I wrote a song for my mom, End of Innocence. It's a, you know, uh, she's suffering with cancer right now, and I wanted to just, uh, you know, really get that off my chest and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and there's, you know, a, a couple other songs that deal with other different subject matters. So, no, it's more of a theme, I would have to say. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of the question. I, did you guys um, get physically like in one place when you wrote the album, or did you know you were from Canada? Um, did you guys kind of use the internet to write the album and then get together to record? No, we, 
I spent time in Indiana, like, after I tried out and I got the gig, I went home and he was given, he had given me a bunch of songs to learn, of course, and, a, mm-hmm. and of course we had to write new stuff, so he gave me a bunch of songs to, to write to. And I wrote to them, um, initially it was, uh, we wrote two demos, um, for the songs, and then the final master tracking. Um, but we did most, most, uh, 98% of the writing was done in Indiana, uh, at, uh, at a studio, and then we demoed it there. And then we went to Florida and, and did the master recording. Did the real? That's that's good. To, I mean, was this? Did you when you, when you sit down to put lyrics uh, to some of these songs? Do you just kind of let it flow, or did you do you sort of have to keep you know the types of songs that Ice Earth are known for in mind, kind of in the back of your head? Well, I mean, it just flows, man. I mean, it, the the music really just speaks to me, mm-hmm. and uh, we had the sub we had the subject matter. Um, you know, we had, uh, you know, so we, we knew what we were shooting for and, uh, you know, I would write lyrics and of course, you know, I'd bounce them off John and John maybe would change a word here and there to make context feel a little bit better um, and all that kind of stuff. And, and so it was a really good chemistry, but, uh, yeah, man, it really just kind of happened. Uh, you know, we were, I mean, with some of the songs were written through movies, so we would Mm. just watch the movie and I would, I would just take notes and stuff like that on some of the, the basics and, and really just expand on it. Sure. Now you guys um, have been on the road for a little while with this album. How how was the reaction? I mean, obviously, new singer—that's always a a situation for fans to kind of adapt to. But Ice Earth, I think, being through a couple singers already might have made that a little easier for you in some respects. But was that? Did you feel any kind of resistance from the audience, or was it pretty uh, welcoming? No, man. The acceptance has been very, very good. I mean, there's always the odd person in in the in the crowd, right? That that doesn't accept it, but it's very rare now. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very lucky the fact that the Ice Earth fans have really accepted me, and and uh, and um, yeah, I mean it's a very positive thing. I, I'm really digging it. Yeah, I think it certainly helped you. You guys, you know, kind of came out with a, with a great record, and that really I think it makes it all a lot easier. You know, when Sammy of Hagar course. when yeah. Sammy Hagar stepped into Van Halen, making 5150 made that transition a lot less painful. Then, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if you lay an egg and then go on the road, you, you know, you, you hear people in the back yelling for the Ripper or something. So that's uh, good. Yeah, no, it's, I, don't, I don't really get much of that. No. Um, live, um, do you guys do the bulk of the new record, or what, what kind of mix of uh, old and new material should we expect? It's a good mix, man. We're doing, we're, I think we're doing like like five, five six new songs and, and like six older songs. So it's a good 50-50 mix. Sure. Now, I've got to ask you, I said on your uh, on, on the Estrid website, you've got a little uh, kind of some of your favorites and things like that. And the one thing that stuck out in my mind was uh, you're a fan of Star Wars. I, I wanted to ask, because uh, we've had several guests uh, from Richie Faulkner of Judas Priest and Nick Catney of Black Label that are huge Star Wars fans. Have you had a chance to see the, the new 3D version yet? No, I haven't. We've been so busy on the road; it's just been nonstop. And I'm sure I'll be able to get a get a chance to see it at one point. Yeah, It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it it should be a, a real treat. I was just curious, you know, because I I know oh, for sure. uh, Nick and Richie for whatever reason, if you watch either of them on Twitter, are fanatical, uh, and will yeah. you know fight back and forth about uh, you know certain scenes and things that George Lucas added and took away, and it it's kind of right. fun to watch the debate. Uh, from the middle. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see it. It'll be really cool. And I know probably me and John and a couple other guys will probably try and check it out this tour. But if not, uh, I mean, I'm, I'll get a chance when I'm at home. Yeah, you don't get too many off days when you're on the road. So you guys... Got it, man. Are you guys still... Uh, you're in Salt Lake City tonight, correct? Yeah, we're in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Okay, and you're bringing... Is, uh, are you guys done with um, Symphony X, or is that? St- are they still with you guys on the road? Because I know by the time yeah, you... Yeah, they're still... Pittsburgh. They're going to be out... 
They're going to be with us until the last five days of the tour. Okay, then we must be catching you at the end because I think it's just uh, you guys and Warbringer uh, yeah, kind of Pittsburgh. So, be good. Uh, any chance we might get a longer set out of that? I think so. We'll probably add a couple more songs for sure. Yeah, okay, we'll take that. All right. Well, I want to yeah. thank you, Stu, for coming on the show and giving us a little taste of uh, what's to come, man. No problem, man. No problem. And. Uh, have a good one. I always wanted to learn to play guitar, but never had the time. Then I heard about Progressions Music Studio. Progressions introduced me to an entirely new and convenient method of music instruction. They brought the music to me. The instructors from Progressions Music Studio came to my home with their knowledge and expertise, which saved me time and money. They worked around my schedule and tailored a program around my needs and skill level. Best of all, I learned to play music like a guitar king of the 1960s. We didn't spend all of our time with drills or tunes from the 1860s. Progressions Music Studio offers a lot more than guitar. In fact, they have instructors for almost all instruments. Now I can rock it out on my electric like never before. Just imagine what they can do for you or the budding musician in your family. Don't make excuses. Make music. Check them out on the web at progressionsmusicstudio.com. That's P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S, musicstudio.com. Or call 724-777-4678. All right, again, that was Stu from Iced Earth. Uh, you can head to facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks to register to win one of two pair of tickets to see Iced Earth, Warbringer, and Sacred Dominion at the Altar Bar in the Strip in Pittsburgh. Uh, so check that out. Also, we are going to get into an interview with a band that probably isn't on many people's radar, and if it is, kudos to you. It's a band that came from South Africa, uh, is now based out of London, and are getting ready to kind of uh, make a blitz in the United States. It's a band called Starseed. We had a chance to talk to Andrew Spence about the band, and uh, we're going to get you in the mood by playing a track from their forthcoming album. This is a song called Shine. Still 
have on the line joining us from the Van Starseed, we have Andy uh, joining us. How are you doing today, Andy? Not too bad, thanks. Uh, just uh, enjoying the cold British weather, but otherwise uh, all good. Yeah, you're talking to we're we're out of um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we're we're above freezing today, but uh, we probably have some very British-esque weather here. It's rainy and cold and kind of gray, so uh, we're yep, kind of uh, putting down for tea. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the uh, state flag of of your weather. Hey, I um, wanted to talk to you, uh, kind of introduce the band to our audience. You guys are uh, obviously making some noise in the United Kingdom, uh, enjoying some success, but you guys actually got your started in South Africa, of all places. Can you talk a little bit about you know the early days of the band? Yeah, sure. Um, so what kind of happens when my brother and I formed the band, so the, the, my brother is the singer Russell, uh, and we we formed the band back in South Africa. We, we were doing the cover circuits out in Johannesburg and around around the place, and um, we just kind of got sick of doing that. And, uh, yeah, we got some of the guys together and just decided to hit, hit the original circuit and, and try and do things over there. But um, the thing about SA, well, at least for us and from our point of view, uh, it, it's a pretty small market. Okay. Uh, it's a very small demographic, the type of music we were playing, and we just felt that, um, you know, just it, it, there just wasn't enough opportunity for us out in South Africa, and we we really wanted to further, you know, our, our musical skill and, and, and try and become more than we could be in South Africa. So so we, 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 we were about for about probably one year, in, in South Africa and played a few cool festivals and then we then we hightailed it to the UK because uh, we've got British passports so we did <laughs> that's the best for advantage and, and, and moved over. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I mean, let me ask this, I guess because as Americans, um, we're, as probably the rest of the world assumes we are pretty ignorant about how things go on in the rest of the world, but I mean, for those not familiar with Johannesburg, um, you guys were, were were kind of doing your thing. What kind of like clubs? I mean, are there are a lot of like nightclubs, or what? What is the scene like in Johannesburg? I mean, you mentioned it's kind of small, but I mean, is it kind of primarily rock metal, or you know, what what, what does someone find when they go into a club in Johannesburg? Yeah. Okay. So the the uh, the, the rock scene is essentially very small. Um, you've got obviously. Um, you know, I mean, out of 40, 40 odd million people in South Africa, uh, uh, the, the, the largest demographic of people are the African, are the, are the African people, and mm-hmm. they, they, their favorite music tends to be um, anything from hip hop to to Kwaito, which is local kind of okay. African type of uh, music, and uh, so obviously you're not getting uh, much saturation in the rock market there. And obviously, the people who tend to listen to through rock music is probably about 20% of the population, and then, you, and then you split the rock music up into the different kind of yeah. genres there, from indie music to, to rock, and, and when you start looking at rock and metal, rock and metal starts sitting very low down on the food chain there. So in terms of rock clubs and, and venues, I mean, when I was growing up, there were a few dotted about Johannesburg, I'd say there was about four or five kind of prom venues, um, which people used to go to, and... and um, and I mean, this is this is obviously this is over ten years ago now. So mm-hmm. you know, things have changed. Yeah, certainly. There, although I'm, I'm personally not sure how much better, but you know. So how did? Sorry, did I interrupt you? No, that's okay. I, I'm curious. Like, as as a child growing up, then I mean, what did you guys listen to? Were you exposed to a lot of Western music? I mean, I guess the internet has probably made it a lot more obtainable to get, you know, your hands on really anything across the globe. 
you know, if we'd had this conversation 25 years ago, I'm sure it would have been certainly different. But I mean, what was, what was, what was you influences as a kid growing up, you know, in kind of those formative years? Yeah, so obviously, I mean, we we kind of uh, we built our, our music influences over the over the influences of the nineties, like kind of the nineties grunge scene. So okay. like, obviously, obviously, it was bands like Nirvana and Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, so those were, and Session Pumpkins. Um, other bands like Live and Collective Soul were very very big influences in in my brother and myself and our, and our kind of musical development. Mm-hmm. Um, so we obviously we had a very very big influence from from America. Uh, okay. Um, and uh, there was also fantastic, fantastic uh, local bands. Uh, there was a kind of a three-piece. I guess it was the closest thing South Africa had to grunge. There was a band called Squeal, okay. uh, who my brother and I used to go watch loads of times. They're one of our favourite bands. And there's obviously, obviously there's another band that's still kind of popular today in South Africa and, and mildly across the world. I guess there's a band called the Springbok Nude Girls, okay. and they were kind of a, a hybrid of. Uh, kind of rock, metal, and even radio rock. It was, it was very, they kind of had a really unique sound. But uh, the, 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 those are bands we kind of really got into and grew up on. But obviously, with South Africa being so isolated, we didn't, you know, like, you know, like, the internet is such a blessing today. I mean, but back in the day, just exposure to new music was a very hard thing to find. I mean, yeah. especially, we didn't really have very good internet back then. We don't even have it now in South Africa. So, yeah. um, so it's still, even today, exposure to new music is very hard. Yeah, so you weren't exactly going on to um, Napster and, and getting in utero and things like that, or throwing copper uh, albums yeah, like that. I mean, a little more effort there. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to like really save up a lot of a lot of dough and then go go to like uh, we we had a, a CD store or I think we still got one over there called Look and Listen and they they used to specialize in all the imported stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know we'd go through the imported metal section and you know under this metal section you have everything from punk to like the latest No Tricks release to I don't know like some obscure album that no one else was looking at or something. Sure. I mean, even Face No More to an extent was was hard to get a hold of back in the day. So when you left, yeah, your- it, was, it was. It was. I mean, I think it's a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, over there, uh, compared to ten years ago, but it, uh, you know, there's still when I speak to friends back home, they're like, "Hey, Andy, tell me what's what's the latest thing I need to stick on my iPod." I've no idea because I mean, there's, there's no rock radio stations in South Africa. There's just nothing. I mean, you've got you've got mainstream radio stations which play all your your classic pop and stuff, uh, and then obviously you know, so like there's maybe more African radio stations, but sure. uh, exposure to rock is very, very, very limited there. Yes. Now, when you you guys made the the journey north to London, I mean, how? I mean, that had to be quite a, a shock. You went from you you know you kind of describe an area where it's very difficult to get your hands on music to kind of you know one of the world's epicenters of music. Um, what was that experience like? It was so, so eye-opening. I mean, because you know, going growing up in the South African music scene, um, you know, I I I I was just playing for. A really decent band back in SA as well, who 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 did a lot better than Stars. He did in in mm-hmm. Africa, and uh, you know, and you, you get this kind of these delusions of grandeur that you're this massive band, uh, you know, playing to like a crowd of four thousand people, and you think you've made it and things like that. And obviously, for us, when we came over to London, I mean, you just we went to like the the, the smallest club or pub with some yeah. bands on. And every single band in that pub was better than us, and like <laughs> better than any band I'd ever seen in South Africa. Yeah. And, and this was like four or five different bands playing some, you know, small little nights, just unsigned nights of, of, of talent. And you just think, 
you know, just just the, the, the massive uh, kind of learning curve of going, okay, we really need to step up our game, you know, if we're going to survive over here. So obviously there was, there was the, the musical front, just being a band and being a musician, we just had to up your game significantly. But then obviously we were looking at, uh, you know, suddenly we were going to shows, we, we got to see lots of international bands we never got to see before. Yeah. Because uh, in SA, you, you know, especially around, around those days in the 2009, you had like the odd, you know, big concert that would come out and you'd get maybe one or two major acts that maybe you didn't even want to see, but you'd go see them because it was an international band. But now suddenly we're in London and we can go watch any band we choose because they're all coming through on tour or whatever. And so obviously the major, you know, your major musical inspiration is not coming from the local bands around you in South Africa. It's coming from the international bands you want to aspire to. Yeah. Obviously, that was a, a massive, 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 like, uh, yeah. you know, um, sort of inspiration for us, and and you know, I just uh, you know, we just gobsmacked really. Yeah, I, I, if I remember correctly, you guys that was right around the era I think when Oasis kind of went on the decline as far as popularity. But I mean, you you guys weren't far from. I remember seeing some videos of them playing these just massive shows in London. Yeah, it was exciting to see. Now. Um, the band Oasis kind of came to mind because of an act with two brothers. Now, obviously, uh, Russell and you have been working at this while, but when you guys moved to London, did, did the whole band come with you, or did you kind of lose some members along the way? Yeah, we've we've uh, we've definitely shed some members along the way. Uh, it's, I mean, it's obviously it's such a massive ask um, to to have to get you know just pick up your band and move. So obviously, the, the original lineup, which was my brother, myself, and uh, really good friends of ours, Sean and Justin. Mm-hmm. We all came over, and you know, within a few years, you realise you you can't just bring a band over, and yeah. take over the world as as, as you kind of think it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and within within a few years, you, realize you, you you actually you have to build your life up again. You have to start all over again. You know, you got to get jobs. You got to get everything to just live and survive in this new place. And then you got to learn the culture, learn. You know, so you get into a state of living before you can actually be comfortable and sustain a band. And yeah. I think, you know, what happened in the first few years was we, you know, uh, Sean, our guitarist, decided he wanted to get married and he missed the lifestyle back home. So, you know, he went, he went back home, got married. He's had, he's got some kids today, you know. And, uh, Justin is, uh, who was our bassist at the time. He decided traveling was his bug and, you know, went off and traveled the world. So, we had to kind of rebuild. It was about 2004. That's when Gerald, our, our guitarist, uh, our rhythm guitarist, joined us, and we kind of built up from there, you know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we we, t- we finally turned into a five piece in, in 2007 when we really started finding ourselves as a band. So sure. I mean, it's, it's it took some serious time of rebuilding, and and I mean, look, it's it's almost 10 years later, and this is now we're finally getting to where we really want to be. Yeah. Now you guys have had. Um you know, looking at it, some some relatively decent success in the European. You've done some some pretty nice festivals. Have you guys done a tour of the U.S. yet? No, we haven't, and that's 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 our next major goal. That's, okay. that's uh, you know, we, we want to put everything we can into getting over to the United States. It is where our biggest influences came from. It's sure. Just, it's just the place you want to be. Um, Russell and I had the privilege of being in, in New York City uh, in, in in January. Um, we got to meet all the people at a big machine and got to do some fantastic interviews and, and just met a lot of very cool people who are really liking what we're doing. And, uh, you know, it's just, it just makes sense for us to get to the United States just in terms of the, mu- the musical genre we're playing. Because the, the UK is fantastic and we've obviously had some great success, but, 
you know, this, if, if I had a if I had a dime for everyone who's told me, if we did, our family needs to be in the states, you know, I'd be a very very rich man. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's interesting though because I mean, if you look, I mean, there is still somewhat of a trend. We see this with with, with bands even to this day and it was like this in the 60s where bands tend to generate success in England and and then come to the United States and even into a greater success but if they start in the United States sometimes it doesn't work out the same way so you might be following yeah. in a, a very wise I can think of uh, Jimi Hendrix for example who uh, followed yeah, quite cool. the same path and, and did quite well for himself now your album Peace Machine um, which you guys released that a few years ago in the, in the United Kingdom correct but that's going to be coming out this month in the United States? That's right, yeah. So, so we released it in 2009 uh, in, in the UK, and obviously that's, that album has helped us uh, build what we have in the UK and all the, all the success we've had. So, um, you know, while we've got the product and we're still getting really good coverage out of it in the UK, we thought, I think the time is right to hit the US with the album, and uh, obviously, we, you know, we, we did some sampling out there and people really picked up on it, so we, we were like, well, right, let's push this album give another another good real real good push and do this in the United States, you know. I mean we're still very much enjoying playing all the stuff off the album, so it still in some respects feels like a, a new album to us, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I I have to ask, um, for those not familiar and as unfortunately many of us, you know, in the United States aren't quite as familiar with the band, how would you define the sound as it is today? I mean, is there a band that you would draw comparisons to? Um, so obviously the, the, the kind of the kind of bands other people have written about us, <laughs> like they say we sound like it. So you know we've had comparisons from Alice in Chains to Stone Temple Pilots, okay. some of like Stone Sour, um, Black Stone Cherry bands like that. I mean, yeah, they're all those are all bands that are influences uh, to, to us, and uh, you know, but uh, we just I guess we, we just as as we sit in the band and try and write music, we just want to make really nice cool, heavy music that interests us, but that has a certain uh, element of melody. I mean, yeah. we've got Russell, who's our singer, who, you know, uh, he, he always cringes when I say it, but we're very proud of his of, of his vocals and, and, and the things he can do with his vocals, so we, we try and utilize that as a, as a real weapon uh, and, and, and the real, you know, unique selling point of our band, because his voice is just fantastic. And, yeah. Um, it's something we really try and push. So the melody is very important to us, and we, you know, that's something we really focus on in our songs. So we, we've got, you know, crazy uh, influences from, you know, punk rock to to metal to to the hard rock scene, mm -hmm. you know, to even more maybe acoustic or progressive, even progressive rock type of stuff. So we we try and mix that all in. It's a big melting pot, and then let Russell kind of put the cherry on top of his vocals. Yeah, and that, that's a great point. I mean, melody. I think in order to become successful, I mean, you've got to have something that's going to stick. You know, you can listen to, you know, there's a lot of bands, uh, you know, the hard rock variety. You can listen to an album and say, this sounds pretty good. But when you walk away, nothing really sticks in your head, you know, because it doesn't have yeah. that melody to draw you in. And it's, you know, I don't want to say it's a dying art because there, there are artists out there that do it phenomenally to this day. But there are a lot of bands that seem to ignore it and just growl at you for three and a half minutes. Um, so it's great yeah. to hear. Well, it's one thing I've noticed. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, bands, uh, but you know, doing they've gone heavier and the vocals have gone heavier. And there's a lot of bands out there like that where the vocals are heavier. Mm -hmm. um, and so obviously, meaning I think I think it's opened doors for a lot of people who maybe can't sing. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and and sure. have, have a good growl or a good you know, a good screech or a good uh, you know some type of real death vocal or something. So obviously doors are opening and and that music is becoming more accessible to people, which is great. But I think you know and as that gets as that gets more popular, maybe the melody gets forgotten about it. But I, I think that's maybe where we still got something, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I have to ask because I, I just loved it the second I saw it. The, the cover of the album, um, and it, it's, yeah. it seems to be the artwork that follows of the single. What, how, who came up with this idea? It, for those of you who can't see it, obviously, and this is audio, it, it's. I'm not sure if this is a bird or a bat, but it looks like almost like a robotic X-ray. Uh, very cool picture. Yeah, so, so obviously the, the, the concept came, so, so Russell came up with the idea of Peace Machine. Okay. So I, I sat down with my designer, his name is Matthew Combin, he's a, he's a really, really fantastic uh, designer and he, he's done, he's done, he does all the artwork for the, for the band. And, um, you know, I said Peace Machine idea and we were talking about like, I don't know, just different ideas for the front of the cover and, and uh, I, I think, I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't actually remember who put the nail on it, it probably was Matthew to be honest, but it, we, we decided on this dove, okay. dove being a symbol of peace. Okay. Um, you know, so, so we thought, well, a mechanical dove, something like that. So obviously that's, so, so, you know, the theme of the dove with the piece flows through the album and then obviously the machinery on the inside. And he did just a great job, you know, we were just really, really taken back. Really, yeah. really good work. Yeah, it's it's very visually appealing. I, 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 I remiss not to ask, the, the, the name Starseed, what did, what did that stem from? Does that have a special meaning or was that just kind of a throw it against the wall and that's what stuck? <laughs> It's um, well, obviously there's a band in Canada who we were, we were very big fans of uh, called Our Lady Peace. Okay. And uh, they've got a, a song called Starseed. Okay. And Russell, Russell and I found Our Lady Peace because we got I think my mother bought the the Armageddon soundtrack back in the nineties. Oh and, yeah. Uh, and this this track was on there and like and Russell and I was just blown away by this track and thought what a fantastic song, and we were trying to find a name for the band and you know this this one just kept coming up and, every, and I think it was the only one that everyone agreed on every single band and went yeah okay we'll stick with that one we'll like that one okay. um, but obviously so for us that was just it it was just the name of a song we liked that but obviously when you when you go on the internet now Starseed is almost a religion for some <laughs> people um, so you know I don't want to take away from the religion but obviously that's that's not that wasn't the inspiration behind it but obviously it, you know it's it's, it's I think um, it's real meaning and things of things like it's, it's a spiritual leader or a spiritual experience, and uh, you know if, if people find that in our music, then uh, you know I hope our name is fitting as well. So. Yeah, that's excellent. Well, I mean, you guys, do you have eminent plans for for any kind of tour lined up or anything for the you know this? We're kind of getting to that time of the year when the, the United States where bands start to kind of unleash these tours. Or do you guys have any festivals or anything like that lined up for them yet? So at, at this moment, we're, uh, we're we're solely focused on the push of the album, um, okay. and uh, in in the background, we're working with some agents um, and uh, and some serious marketing campaigns to try and get us out there. So, um, you know, I guess the, the word at the moment is watch the space, but it is it is our intention to be within the United States playing some shows uh, within the next few months or so. So keep okay. keep uh, keep an eye on us. Great, and if I'm, I'm not mistaken, the new album, or I should say the album will make its United States debut, that is uh, the Peace Machine album on the 21st of February. I see Amazon's already got the ability to pre-order it, so uh, it'll be awesome to get uh hand on the physical CD without paying, as you're very familiar with the import fee to buy it as it is now, so that's awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. So we, we, we obviously we, we're doing a, we're doing a kind of major distribution thing. So you got it on iTunes, and there'll be physical copies you can get online and whatever. So um, yeah, so yeah, go out and get the album, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, well, Andy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to join us today, man. Oh, well, no, thanks is all mine. It's, it's, it's an honor to have uh, anyone who wants to know about us talk to us, so thank you very, very much. Oh, no, certainly no problem at all. You take care. Cool. Thanks very much, John. Van Halen, new album, new tour. Same attitude, special guest. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Van Halen. Friday, March 30th at Kunsol Energy Center. Tickets are on sale now. Buy tickets at LiveNation.com. For VIP packages and more, go to Van-Halen.com. New album, A Different Kind of Truth. Available now. All right, big thanks to Andrew Spence of the band Starseed for coming on the show and also Stu Block from Iced Earth. Hope you enjoyed the show. We want to thank you, especially for taking the time to listen to it. You can find more information about us at ironcityrocks.com. We also invite you to check out castironring.com, which features uh, eight of our uh, sister podcasts uh, unified into a network of shows uh, for those especially fans of harder rock and metal. I think you'll find a lot of really interesting from extreme, extreme metal to classic metal, a uh, show like ours where we're all over the map, um, Signal to Noise, which is about gear. Uh, we've got podcasts coming from Canada, Spain, and the United States, so no shortage of uh, really interesting content at castironring.com. Also invite you to check us out at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks, twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks, and also, uh, we invite you to uh, leave a review, an opinion on iTunes. We deeply appreciate any and all feedback via ironcityrocks at gmail.com. So, until next time, we invite you to uh, head over to Facebook and enter to win some Iced Earth tickets. And we'll catch you next time.